0: I googled, Google. No, that's not how we're starting. <laughs> okay. And action. So this is an of-the-moment episode that I recorded in the beginning of April after having several bouts of travel anxiety, the very same type of anxiety that I naively thought I had overcome. That said, we thought it would be timely to put it out now, knowing that so many of us travel over the summer and the real lucky ones get travel anxiety. So if travel excites you, but also simultaneously paralyzes you, I'm talking everything from fear of even entertaining the idea of travel to fear of the overhead bin and anything in between this episode is for you. Okay. This this could be a crazy idea, but I'm but I'm going to try it anyways. <laughs> so, I'm I'm leaving for a flight home in I don't know, 35 40 minutes. So I thought now would be a really good time to record a little ditty about travel anxiety. Um So this is either going to help me through or induce a panic attack. Uh, Let's see what happens. So brief history of my travel anxiety. I it's it all started with a fear of flying. I was in high school. No, sorry. I was in college and I was going back flying back to school after spring break and th- this was in the days of uh when you're when your family could w- actually walk you to the gate and sit at the gate with you which was fucking epic by the way like to i mean what that did taking that away from us it also meant people could meet you at the gate when you landed like it was just it was just better Um, anyways, my parents took me, they were obviously both with me and I just like, I just like got convinced that I was going to die on the plane. Like, which is, which like from then on that happened to me, like at least 50 other times and here I am. Um, and now that I've said that, now I'm afraid I'm going to jinx myself on this flight, but I think I've come to terms with the fact that it's completely out of my control. And I drive in LA every day, which is like. Statistically, at least a hundred times riskier, probably thousands of times riskier. Um, anyway, so I freaked out like the great parents. They were, they did not force me to get on the plane. They were like, let's go home. Let's see if we can get your ride back up to school, which I did. And the, the fear of flying was, was solidified. Um, I had that for many, many, many years, probably 20 years and let me think yeah uh, give or take and and then i was at the chicago airport at, on a connecting flight and i was waiting at the gate and i ran into a friend of mine from college uh who was was gonna get on the flight with her husband to l a and i and she there was something noticeably wrong with me. Uh, probably m- m- the trembling, the dilated eyes, the uh, sweat coming off of every inch of my body. Um, and I think I was probably crying. and And also, I think the first thing I said to her was, "Hey, I'm freaking out." <laughs> so all of those things put together, she was like, what's wrong? And I told her about my anxiety and, and she gave me this statistic about, um, the odds of something happening and it just helped. Like it just clicked. And I was like, it's going to be fine. And at that point I had traveled, started traveling a ton for work. So I was on planes a lot, like at least once a month. Um, And so it really subsided and then unfortunately was replaced by a fear of traveling slash getting to the airport, getting to the plane, getting from my house or the hotel I'm staying at or wherever I am to my seat on the plane. There is an insane amount. Of anxiety that I have around the logistics. Um, I was talking to my friend Kelly on my way home from work today. And I was like the distance that I know is currently between me and my seat on the plane is what gets me going. And then you factor in the time that it could potentially take to get to the airport and then the time that it could potentially take to get your bags checked and then the time that it could potentially take to get through security and then the time it will take to call your boarding group and then the time it will take to get to your seat And then that last hump of the potential of having to put overhead baggage in the overhead container, which I will legitimately avoid at all costs. Like, I will pack the seat like the underneath of the seat in front of me where people usually just leave room for their feet to relax on the plane, I will literally pack it so there's zero breathing room to my feet have to stay directly under me just to not have to try and put things in an overhead bin. So anyways, things I found that have helped, TSA pre-check, which was pretty easy to do, uh, that helps a lot, priority boarding, totally helps. Hey, if you can ever swing a first class ticket, I just, I recently just came into a, uh, a windfall of air miles. So I've been upgrading any flight I can to first class because that seems to help. Alcohol, which, you know, causes other problems for me, but that definitely helps. Xanax, big winner. CBD, also quite Quite compelling. Hello there. Future Jen here. I had a feeling you might want to know what CBD was. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. And then if you would like to know more, you can Google it. Or as Dr. Jamie says, you can Google it. CBD is a cannabis compound. That's marijuana. And it has significant medical benefits, but does not make you feel stoned. The fact that it's non-psychoactive or at least less psychoactive than other strains makes it an appealing option for patients looking for relief from inflammation, pain, anxiety, and lots of other conditions. Uh, Both past-gen and future-gen use CBD to feel calm. Bye. And then there's stuff like... uh... Breathing techniques and stuff, but that's that's not as cool. Oh well, what I'm having today, because I just got through an episode of depression and I'm now I'm scared of alcohol and CBD, which I'm I'm imagining will last until I get to the airport, is there's a there's this stuff called natural calm that you it's like a powder you put in water and it tastes pretty good. I get like the lemon flavor. So I've been drinking that. It looks like milk of magnesia. You don't know what that is, because it's from like the fucking 70s. But I always call it milk of magnesia accidentally, but it's not. It's natural, but it's made of magnesium and it looks kind of milky. Hence my confusion. Okay, so now you'll hear a description of my last real bout of travel anxiety brought on primarily by steroids that were brought on primarily by bronchitis that was brought on primarily by the movie Black Panther. Well, just listen to this and you'll see what I mean. I got to tell you up until last month, I felt like I had made some true progress. I had I had a great system. I did I no longer flew with Xanax. I I really was like I felt like I had really crossed over into the f- phase right before the phase, before the phase where I would not have travel anxiety anymore. Um, so several weeks ago, probably two weeks before my last flight, I, like most people in America, took myself to see Black Panther because it would be a shame not to see it two days after it opened. There was a sickness going around our office that I had avoided and I congratulated myself publicly for that and, um, was like actively avoiding it for a week. And I was just like, I cannot believe I, I missed, I missed this. Like I willed it away and it was like a cold flu situation. So my friend Christina and I go to see Black Panther and, This devil bitch that sat next to me, not Christina. I love Christina. She was on the other side of me. This devil bitch basically, okay, I'm exaggerating, but basically coughed into my mouth. Like my mouth was open and she coughed in my direction three times and I felt her illness insert itself inside of my throat. Okay? (laughs) Like, I went to bed that night, and I was like, I'm fucked. And I woke up the next day with a sore throat that quickly developed into a horrible case of bronchitis, which was not what was going around the office, but which was what this evil woman, this devil, devil, devil child, inserted in me. So whatever. I got through it. Cause that's what you do. But then I could not breathe. Like my lungs were not working. If you've ever had bronchitis, like you'll, you have the coughing part and then that lasts for one to two weeks. And then you have the part where your lungs still have to recover and you just don't have like, your lungs don't work at full capacity. So <laughs> I was like, I got to go to the doctor and I got to get steroids because I need to work out and I need, I have a speaking engagement and I have travel and I just got to get cool with this. And PS, I I love steroids. I don't know if you've ever taken steroids before, but they are, they're, they're magnanimous. Um, I mean, outside of some small fits of rage, it's, a, it's like a six-day thing, and, like, the, the amount of work you can get done is quite impressive. So I was like, this will be, like, this, this will be a purpose fix-it. She reluctantly gave me the steroids. Well, she was reluctant, and then I did a lung capacity test, and she was like, okay, you should probably maybe consider going to the hospital, but let's start with the steroids. So So I took them was like hoping to feel better. I was like day three of the steroids and I go to go on this trip. And for some strange reason, I decided to drive myself to the airport, which I don't know why. Um, I think I thought the control would make me feel better. And I hit the worst traffic. And by the time I found a parking lot in the parking structure, I was like in a really in, in quite a way And it really caught me by surprise, you know, because if you suffer with that, with anxiety, panic attacks, any of that, you know, there are the ones that you can. Well, anxiety traditionally is like you you, there's a catalyst and and panic attacks are generally there's no catalyst Um, or At least it's harder to identify. So I call this anxiety attack. Because I attribute it to the travel anxiety, but it also sort of felt like a come out of nowhere panic attack. But let's just call it an anxiety attack. Anyways, it was bad. I recorded it as as any normal human would. I I shared it on my stories. I'm hoping that I'll be able to play it for you just so you can hear how cool it was, i.e. not cool at all. Yay! So we were actually able to put the Instagram stories I downloaded right here into the podcast. Technology. So when the audio changes a bit and you hear more ambient noise like the wheels on my suitcase or other anxious travelers screaming, hurry, hurry, you'll know why. Okay, let's have some fun. Legitimately worst travel anxiety I've had in years. I don't even know. I think it's the steroids, but it's not great. Like, stuck in traffic at the airport, screaming and crying in my car. Can't breathe kind of anxiety. Like, the real fun shit. People are running. This day is literally full of surprises. It says terminal three on my boarding pass. So I waited in line at terminal three. And now it's telling me I've got to go to terminal two to check my bag and then back to terminal three. Now I'm just having a full panic attack. So by the time I got to the customer service guy, he was like, what could I do to help you? Because I was clearly not in a good state. And I was like, well, my pre-check isn't showing up and that would help immediately. And then you know what? They helped me and they checked it and they got me my TSA pre-check, which means I don't have to take my shoes off. My anxiety is already lifting. Such a sensitive system. And all in all, it probably lasted 20 minutes, which is a long time, Eh, 18 minutes. No, I don't know. It didn't, it, it wasn't crazy long, but it was, but you know, it's like when you, if you're from California, if you've ever been in an earthquake, you're like. You, you obviously think you're going to die because you don't know how long it's going to shake. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, that was a big one. And then you Google it and it lasted three seconds. And you're like, that definitely was a two-minute earthquake. A two-minute earthquake would be devastating. They're, they usually don't last that long. So anyways, that's my feeling on anxiety attacks? And really anything that happens to me, I tend to overestimate but or over-attribute over, I don't know. I'm still having this like, brain fog issue. Sorry. So I'm sad cause I feel like I can't be that funny. I don't know. I hope I haven't lost my touch. Anyways, the good thing is, is I feel like we're 14 minutes in and this is really helping my travel anxiety, but who's to say when the mic is off, what will happen? Moral of the story. I survived. I probably could have been better equipped but it's hard out here, you know, and I guess it's like just staying aware of that. There are things that can affect a sensitive system, one that the system that is prone to anxiety. And so you really need to do whatever you can to, to stay cool. <laughs> That's my medical, that's my medical advice. You really need to do what you can to stay cool. And I don't mean temperature wise. I mean, vibes like stay cool, man. The next day I had a second attack that that was more like a panic attack because it straight up just came out of nowhere. And then, um, I made my friend Jenny of Jenny's ice cream. Maybe you've heard of it because it's fucking delicious. She was at the same event that I was and I made her bring me beer, smuggle beer into the event for me because like I said, I didn't have any Xanax with me on my trip because I didn't think I was going to need it. And I needed it because uh, I was about to have an hour keynote, which I was not nervous about at all. Um, My body was just playing tricks on me. When my phone rings and I look down and see that the call is coming from Parachute Home. You know how I answer it? I do it like this. Hello, lover. (laughs) Because we are in love. I love them, they love me. Why do they love me? I don't know, I haven't asked them specifically. I, I I have some things that might be the cause of it. Maybe it's my sense of humor. Maybe it's my cankles. I don't know. But I know why I love them. Because that bedding makes me feel like a queen. Because it's amazing quality. The colors are so beautiful. It's responsibly made. There's a million reasons why I love them. I love that they came into my home and gave me a beautiful bedroom. And all I had to do was smile. And now I love them because... They want to have an open relationship. They don't want this relationship just to be between them and myself. They want all of us to be involved. So you know what that means. You get to go to their website and become lovers as well. Go to parachutehome.com slash for free shipping and returns on Parachute's Very comfortable bedding and bath linens. They offer a 60-day trial. That's what a good lover would do. So if you don't love your new stuff, we already know you're going to love it. You just send it back. It's that easy. Parachutehome.com slash JGOK. Free shipping and returns on Parachute's amazing bedding and bath linens. And you're done. I will see you on the flip side of this when we all love each other. And then you call me, and I say hello, lover, and you say hello, lover, and they say hello, lover. Okay, bye. I'm going to go lay on my pillow. Now I'm going to describe what happens to me both physically and emotionally when I'm having an anxiety attack. If you ever wondered if you had one and didn't know it, or even just what it feels like, this will be for you. Also note that there are many symptoms attributed to anxiety. What you'll hear is definitely just a description of mine. So here's a quick list of common symptoms associated with anxiety and panic that I thought in conjunction with my explanation might help you identify if this is something you are suffering with. So here's the symptoms. A feeling of overwhelming fear. Feeling you are in grave danger. Parking garages, anyone? Feeling you might pass out. An urgency to escape. Again, that's me in a parking garage. Feeling dizzy, lightheaded, or faint. Nausea, heart palpitations, sweating, shortness of breath. How fun is this? Trembling, shaking, chest pressure or pain, feeling detached from reality, being weak in the knees, and numbness and tingling sensations. Okay. Take it away, Jen. I don't know if I, if I'm going to attempt to to really describe all the physicalities of a, um, of an anxiety attack, but here, here's what I'll say. Some of the things are because I did describe some of this on my stories and people were like, Oh, I had no idea what was happening to me when I went to the airport for me here are the symptoms sort of like heightened senses. So like uh, things sound really loud that probably aren't. And then I guess it's not as heightened with, with my eyesight, but it's like sort of like tunnel vision, but your eyes just feel sort of freaky. Like when, after you go to get them dilated, when you get your eyes checked and you're like, they're not fully dilated anymore, but you can't totally see yet. It's kind of like that. Um, sweaty palms, shaking, which comes, which is like a little bit more secondary for me. Honestly, the first thing I feel is like I all of a sudden become aware of my sternum. Like sort of if you, if you went to your, the center of your neck and just drew your hand down your body and were. You were above your stomach and you were below your clavicle. <laughs> turns out I know what every bone in the body is called. I can feel it tightening. Like, first it feels sort of tingly and I'm just, like, aware of my breath in that area. And then it just starts to tighten. And then there's, like, a mental trigger that comes on that's, like, you're having an anxiety attack. Let's go. And then the tightening goes, and and then it, it's like, where is my where is my air? <laughs> who, who took my air? I feel like I'm doing the physical things that you need to do to get breath into your body. Um, and that's not breath. I think you breathe out. No, you breathe in and breathe out. Oxygen goes in. Carbon dioxide goes out something like that um but it's like what is something that is so effortless and that takes no thought all of a sudden is like <sighs> and then you almost get to where you're like could be hyperventilating beyond that you know crying poor decision making skills uh anger frustration like just like sort of like adrenaline, but I don't actually know if there's adrenaline involved. There might be, because it's probably, actually, of course there is, because it's definitely very fight or flighty. And what's crazy, and what's crazy about what happened at the airport is, like, when I got up to the place where I checked my bags, and the guy took one look at me, and he was like, are you okay? And, which, if, if you're paying attention, is a theme in my life, where people are just like, are you okay? I also ask people that a lot, but... Uh, when it, when there's anxiety involved, I, I, I wear it like a cloak. Um, there's no missing it. So I was like, I'm, I'm not okay. Uh, and, and he was so friendly. It was Delta and he was so friendly and he was like, what can I do to help you? And I told him I was having anxiety attack and I told him I was anxious because I was supposed to be TSA pre-check and it wouldn't come up on my boarding pass and, he fixed it for me. And literally within 30 seconds, I all, it was like a pressure valve got released and my body slowly went back to normal. Like that's how fast it can be. I've, I've also had it last like low grade last for days where I sort of pop in and out of like, where there's like anxiety and then there's like attacks and, and then it just goes back to like the beginning feelings of anxiety. So I think there's lots of ways that it can manifest, but sometimes it can be that fast. And here's where I think I I failed, but this is why the steroids, I feel like, took control of my uh, cognitive function because normally I would, I've had so much anxiety for so long that there's a, something that your brain does that makes you want to move towards the anxiety like it's almost like it's a giant sneeze where you know like if you try and like hold a sneeze like eventually you're just like (laughs) because your body just needs to do it I I feel like sometimes there's like an urge that where you have to where your body's like and your brain is like I'm just gonna get you to the other side of this anxiety by pulling you through it and what I've learned is like you don't that does not have to be the case like when you feel those first signs, you can take control of your thinking and of your breathing and, um, of your, everything that's happening physically and just take yourself out of it and say, I'm not like, I'm not going to engage with this. And that is not a hundred percent, that is not a hundred percent, reliable, but it has, it has saved me from many, many Many anxiety attacks. So, I think with a lot of a lot of uh, mental health issues, like the first, the first step is like really being cognizant of what's happening, what are the signs of something about to happen and trying to prevent it. Now, sometimes you don't have that. You don't have the timing. You don't, you're hopped up on steroids because the devil bitch gave you bronchitis and you had to get steroids so you could breathe and work out and travel. And then you do what I I explained, but sometimes you, you can control it. So anyways, I got to go, man. It's 738. I, my flight's at 10 o'clock. I should be at the airport right now. Um, that would be a fucking dream. There's, I wish I could have been at the airport four hours ago, just hanging out, doing work, eating. Um, but I really should get going. So I hope you enjoyed my story. I'm so sorry if you have travel anxiety too. Um, if, if you had travel anxiety and up until this point did not know what was happening to your body, and thought maybe you were just allergic to the carpet at the airport, I hope this helps because there's lots you can do to avoid it. And if you run into a situation like I did and you didn't avoid it, well, you're listening to this now, so you you did get out the other side and you made it. So wish me luck. I'm going to Florida to see my parents. I can't wait. Okay. Toodaloo. Should that be my? (laughs) I'm still looking for like an outro. Uh, Let me know if you, I'll give you my phone number some other time. I was almost tempted to just give out my phone number. Let me know if you like Toodaloo or if you have some other suggestions. Most of you know where to find me. I'm on the internet. Bye. So Lauren, one of my amazing producers on the show, said she was so curious about whether or not I actually ended up having an anxiety attack on the flight I was getting ready to catch when I recorded this episode, and honestly, I can't remember. But I have a hunch it wasn't that bad at all. First, because the really bad ones tend to imprint on my memory, (laughs) and second, because it was a red eye, and those are somehow easier for me. I found that personally, early, early morning and also late, late night flights are my best bet for avoiding anxiety, probably because it's when I am the most chill and also when the airport is the most chill. I feel like the last couple of times it's been okay. Not perfect, but nothing like the attack that I recorded. So that's good. Oh, remember at the beginning of the episode, I said that I thought I had kicked the whole travel anxiety thing, but I really hadn't. I thought it was a good reminder for all of us that setbacks can happen with mental health stuff, and that's okay. Remember, the journey really isn't linear, so don't beat yourself up if that happens to you. And even more importantly, let this episode be a reminder that even in the midst of something so extreme, you can ask for help. Or even just say, I'm not okay, and see what happens, especially if someone asks you, are you okay? (laughs) Which is what happened to me. I think you'll be surprised how often people will actually help you. All right. So what's to come? We've got an episode on ways to start feeling better right away, which I thought would be helpful. Some emotional eating, which I thought might be insightful, but also might make you hungry. And oh, yeah, a follow up to Buttermilk Waitress, where I chronicle how I built Bandeau. Hint, I had a lot of help. Okay, then. Until next week. Toodaloo. What do you know about the after show? It's the JGOK after show. You don't know about the after show, but it's the show after my show where I do what the fuck I want. Yeah! did that one take. Well, here's the thing. I mean, now the after show is becoming a a pain point because I'm like, how do I make the after show cooler each time? Which is crazy because it's cool that it's even there. Um, And it's our fun little secret. And although I do have some great things planned, I was looking through uh, my voice memos which are always just a fun adventure for me because I don't know why I choose to record what I choose to record in the voice memos but there's some cool stuff in there and um, it's the 4th of July I have been sitting here working on my book what shout out to me (laughs) I promised myself that today would be the day I would just really hunker down and start it's going okay and then I found this voice memo for me. I feel like I might have been shame singing myself, but I'm not sure. About a book I was reading about writing a book. It's called The Art of the Memoir. It's by oh shit, hold on. I gotta run to the other side. I gotta run to the other side of my giant mansion. Just kidding. It's by Mary Carr. It's a really good book. My friend Amy. Um, recommended it to me and it it, although I have not written a memoir yet I plan to right now today this afternoon and I found that book really helpful so here you go happy fourth ttyl it hits the art of the memoir what do you know about writing a book do you even know how to write a book Are you gonna read a book to write a book? Are you gonna read a book to write a book?